Hey, fellow Mathers, before we get into this episode, we want to share with you how you can get access to free content, professional learning that will keep your students engaged and doing the math that matters. Get ready to go to this link, mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. That's right. Registration is open for the free Math is Figure Outable challenge that's starting May 15th and runs to the 17th at 7 p.m. Central. We're going to have three nights jam-packed with learning and routines that you can take straight to your classroom. In these challenges, we have a great time. We do some math, talk about classroom experiences, give away super cool bonuses and prizes. You won't just walk away with routines that are naturally engaging and encourage your students to think mathematically. You'll also have a chance to win over 6 k worth in prizes, including a few virtual PD sessions for your school. I'll be joined by my wonderful co-host, Kim, and special guest, Jenna Labe. You can register at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge for a fantastic learning experience. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Now on to the show. Hey, fellow mathematicians. Welcome to the podcast where math is figureoutable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And we're here to suggest that mathematizing is not about mimicking or rote memorizing, but it's about thinking and reasoning, about creating and using mental relationships. That math class can be less like it has been for so many of us, and more like mathematicians working together. We answer the question, if not algorithms, then what? All right. So for today, we are going to finish up our diatribe on homework. What does it mean to give homework? We have a couple of suggestions we think today that you're going to find um, really useful about homework. And we're going to wrap up our session on homework. We've been talking about some important things. We started talking about if you send home homework, then make sure that you delay it so that it's accessible to the kids when they get home. We're not about making people crazy with homework. Um, also delay it so that it doesn't uh, make the parents crazy because the kid is frustrated and then they inadvertently revert to uh, algorithms or wrote memorized stuff because that's kind of all they have or they might use um, other sort of uh, cheat sites to kind of help them. So delay homework so it's accessible and not everybody's really crazy. That was kind of our first big point. Um, another big point that we made is humanity over homework. We really want you to consider your students and their lives, um, not just, well, here, you don't have it, oh, zero for this homework. Yep. Today, we want to talk about a couple of other things, last sort of thoughts about homework. So, Kim. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about different kinds of homework to start off today. Okay. So tell me about, did you send paper pencil homework? Yes. There and, and we think that's a, a decent kind of homework, right? Like we still think you can give homework, the kids solve some problems. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Paper and pencil. Because I also want kids to get some practice at um, modeling their thinking, right? That's a huge mm. area that, you know, we've, we've talked before about what kids can do kind of in their heads and their thinking. And then communicating mathematics is so important. So modeling their thinking is definitely something that we give them an opportunity to, to give a go at. Absolutely. And that's sort of a thing they can practice, right? It's again, we're delaying that. It's not the first time they've ever seen a model. And then we send it home that night. Now use this model. 
no, no, no. Like we're going to develop that model over time. We're taking the long view. But once we have students in our classes successfully using that model to represent their thinking, to use it as a model, as a tool for solving, then yeah, we could give homework where we say to them, use a ratio table to solve this proportion. Use a ratio table to solve this division problem. Use a graph to determine the derivative or use a graph of the derivative to find the integral. Like either way, right? We could go either direction of those. We just sort of really skipped skip grade levels there. Um, <laughs> we could we can give them the opportunity to use models judiciously after they've kind of owned them and, and they can kind of practice that at home. So that yep. that's absolutely one outcome we want where we would have kids using paper and pencil sort of sort of questions. Yep. So that's a fine thing that we can send home for homework. What's another kind of thing that we can send home for homework? Well, this might be a little um, telling about the grade levels, but I would sometimes send home games that we had mm-hmm. played before, right? Mm-hmm. Games, we, we've talked about games before and games that have some sort of strategy. They're interesting to play more than one or two times. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, again, talking about humanity with kids, you know, I want to know if they have somebody to play with when they get there. Um, nice. But sending home games was uh, often a lot of fun ways to get parents involved in what was happening in the classroom. But it wasn't just sit next to your kid while they bang out some problems. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so I love that you brought the humanity back in there. We want to kind of know <clears throat> know about that and help kids sort of find some ways that maybe they can hop on a Zoom and play with their cousin, or, or you know uh, that there might be some alternatives you can help them think about as right. uh, they as you want to play that game. You might have to think about electronic versions of the game or ways that they could sort of do that remotely if that's kind of their only option, especially mm-hmm. in the age of COVID. Uh, and pandemic um, restrictions, but games. So Kim, I wish we had more secondary games. Um, we have a, yeah. we have a few, we have a couple. I don't know we've talked about them on the podcast at all. We might have to do that at some point. There are some games that we can play at the secondary level. Again, not nearly as many. I think we could uh, get a bang for our buck playing some of the elementary games yeah. at the secondary level. So, hey, we'll, we'll make a commitment. We'll talk about some games across the uh, curricula um, in later podcast episodes. What were you, you going to just say? I was just going to say, you know what I've enjoyed doing with um, some of my um, older my older kids stuff mm-hmm. is getting on Desmos and doing some things with him there. You know, I don't oh, know yeah. because I know a little bit about Desmos, but there's some stuff that you can set up, right? Like as a teacher for the student to do. Absolutely. So Desmos.com is not just a free graphing calculator, but it has um, these activities that teachers can set up that then students can go in and mess with. And in those activities, some of them are very much game-like. Marble slides is very game-like. There's a lot. I can't even mention all of them. Um, So there's definitely some wonderful things that you could do that aren't just games. So now shifting a little bit. So games in computers. So we can do some computer kind of uh, oriented homework. However, when we talk about computer-oriented homework, we mm-hmm. much prefer the computer-oriented homework like games on computers, like the Desmos uh, teacher activities right. on computers. We are not big fans of just number crunching, problem crunching, right. um, computer kinds of uh, tasks. Those are, again, that's, that's not re- we don't feel like that's real mathematics. It's not kids really reasoning. It's just kids mimicking procedures. If, if you find a computer task where kids are just supposed to recall from rote memory, mimic procedures, those are not the computer kinds of homework things that we are recommending. One of the things that I love about um, Desmos, right, is it's a, it's a an activity where the teacher would assign it and they would mm-hmm. know something about it. So part of the problem that we have seen with some of the computer programs 
is that as cool as they might be, the teacher can't see everything that is, that's going to be the student view. And that's problematic because you don't know what your kids are going to be working on. I mentioned this a week, a week or two ago, mm-hmm. that if you don't have the opportunity to view the homework, you cannot predict some of the struggle that your kids will have or some of the things that they're going to encounter. So if you are sending home something that is, hey, hop on this site or hop on this you know, program, then do these levels, right? You have to do so many levels every week to get credit. Mm -hmm. That that's going to be hard for a teacher to even know what the kid's going to get. Sure. And then if you just sort of blanket, do this many levels every week or do this many lessons or something. um, If you don't know what those lessons are like, some lessons might take a whole lot longer than others. Some might be more difficult. How about that? Yeah. Sure. And, and then you run into the possibility. We've seen some students on some of these sort of um, uh, apps where they can kind of go further than we really want them to. Not that we want to halt the progression, but because the apps aren't that great or maybe specific levels aren't all that great, then students kind of get into content accidentally that they're not prepared for. And then everybody's frustrated, right? Because the kid is frustrated because they can't do the math. The parents are frustrated because my kid was assigned this thing and they can't do the math. Then kids and parents are frustrated because especially if the teacher's grading that, oh, you didn't finish your assigned thing for the week. And then they get points off for content that they're not even supposed to be learning. I mean, so there's like, a, we don't want kids to be off off into content that isn't even their grade level content. If you're taking a grade on, don't take a grade on that. Just, just don't. Don't take grades on stuff that's not their content. Um, so be really cautious, uh, listeners, as you assign homework for students, if you haven't seen it. Um, and, and that can be hard if it's a computer app where there's lots of levels and avatars and kids are going everywhere. If you, if you don't know what it's asking, just be cautious about how you assign the number of levels or number of lessons because you don't know kind of how long they take, what they're, they look like, but also because uh, you're not sure um, that, that they're clear out of their content. And now you're taking grade on them completing something that isn't their content. I'm repeating myself. <laughs> <That's> okay. So <laughs> I, I think it's worth repeating. So you mentioned last week, I think it was, that you gave homework either nightly or like maybe four times a week, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I have always so much appreciated my boys' teachers. We have had some of the best teachers ever. And one of the things that I love so much about them, and oh, first of all, I we have landed in some not so big on homework teachers. Praise, praise. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that I have also loved is that there is always been a lot of great communication about, hey, this big project thing is coming up and here's about when we'll we'll have some homework and some needed some project time because there is nothing worse as a parent. Well, there are lots of worse things, but as far as homework, <laughs> as far as homework, there's, there's a lot of um, anxiety and struggle related to, hey, we're going out of town for the weekend, pre-COVID, and we're going to get a a letter home on Friday afternoon that says this weekend, you got to construct this thing or create this slideshow or whatever. Mm -hmm. It creates a little bit of a problem, right? When you're trying to decide if you're going to do the homework on the road or cancel the plans or the kids kind of in the middle with, I've got to do this thing. So the communication has got to be um, a thing. And one of the things that as an elementary teacher, we did from time to time was this is the homework of the week. And so whether you have plans on a Thursday night, Tuesday night, Monday night, whatever, or two of the nights, 
You've got baseball, you've got basketball, you've got cheerleading, yeah. you've got choir, you've got church youth group, like right. whatever, whatever you can sort of plan around that. Yep. This is the homework for the week and you know what everything is so that you can do it when it fits your family. But, but Kim, but wait, 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 wait. Like the homework is, is the thing that we did that day. And I, I have to <laughs> see how they did that night in order oh. for me to do the next day. Right. right. No. Mm-mm. Or so if that's confusing to you, go back and listen to podcast episode. I think it's 42 or 43 where we talked about delaying homework. Right. So homework isn't, uh, what we do tomorrow isn't so dependent on what happened in homework the night before. Right. Um, it, it, because we've delayed homework, then we can give us some grace period for kids to plan when they're going to do it. And they, we don't have to have it, you know, tomorrow so that I yep. can do the next lesson right away and, and all the things. So delaying homework has lots of really nice um, side effects. And that's one of them is that we can give kids a longer period of time before they have to turn in that homework. Now, not too long. And you're going to have to, you're going to have to weigh that out a little bit. We don't, if you give, you know, this teachers, if you give kids, in fact, somebody's like, I can't do that. I'm there. If you give kids too long of a leash, then they, what is the, there's a phrase you, you don't want them to, um, be able to run away. And that's not, I'm not saying that. Well, I'm trying not to use the metaphor that we don't want to give them a noose to hang themselves. Oh, There's got to be a better metaphor than that one. Cause that sounds terrible, but, but we don't, right. We don't want to give them something. We don't give them so much. Oh, your homework, all of it's due at the end of the month. Well, then they're not going to do any of it until the day before right. the end of the month. Right. So we need to help them learn, um, but also give them opportunities to learn. Oh, so that didn't work so well to wait until the day before it was all due. How could you do that differently this week and, and, you know, help kids sort of learn how to navigate that kind of thing. Um, but that's, that's very helpful. All right. So Kim, we've talked about some types of homework that, that it doesn't just have to be paper pencil, that you can also send games home. You can send some computer things home. If you've looked at them, we could also send some things home where we ask kids to um, use strategy to look at problems and, and um, think about what the way they would ask those so different kinds of things that we can send um, home with kids. I want to tell you a story uh, that came up just the other day. Um, a colleague of ours, and I'm going to leave her nameless because I don't, I, well, I want to keep this confidential, not about her, but it's about her student. But a colleague of ours is teaching a remote class to eighth grade students. And she took over the class at the half year mark, um, which is, as everybody knows, that's yeah. really difficult. That it's, So she's trying to create relationship and it's all new expectations and, you know, all the things. And um, as she took over this class, uh, she had a student who turned, has consecutively turned in homework um, that's completely incorrect. Like the entire homework is, every problem is incorrect. And so oh, she had a private conference after noticing this pattern, you know, with just a few homework assignments and said, uh, tell me what's going on. And the student said, well, I did the homework. And she said, yeah, right, right. But like, do you not understand? And she says, well, it doesn't matter. You know, like I did the homework. I should get credit. And mm-hmm. and she keeps digging. And the student said, no, really? Like in my entire school career, the only thing I've had to do is do quote unquote the homework and I get credit. It doesn't matter if I've done it correctly, if I understand what's going on. And my, our yeah. teacher colleague friend was like, wait, what? Like, how is that even a perspective? So we, <sighs> one of the things to consider teachers as you give homework is, are you inadvertently, is it possible you could be sending that message that as long as you've sort of quote unquote done the homework, then you get credit for it and we move on and that your grade kind of reflects this. I don't even know if I can call that effort because it's not really effort to understand. It was there's so many things that come out. Does this student understand that math is figure outable and that what mathematizing means is to use relationships and connections you own to solve problems? I mean, no, the student is so clear that it's about mimicking and it doesn't really matter if I mimic correctly. As long as I just sort of mimic, I get credit. 
So now you might be saying, Pam, that's why I grade the homework. I, I, there's got to be a better way than the student getting a zero for really trying and, and honestly giving it a good effort and a student getting a hundred, a hundred percent for putting a bunch of slop on paper that she knows isn't correct because that's going to give her the grade. And, and, and we move on. We played the game. Yeah. Oh, if we could make all of our classes less about playing the game and more about mentoring mathematicians. We just want to leave you with this hope, hope that if, if we can teach more real math, then a natural outcome of that is that kids aren't stuck in all these sort of artificial weird places like thinking that they can just do the entire assignment incorrectly and still get credit. Yowza. I'm so glad you brought that up. Can I bring up one more thing? Of course. <laughs> I just thought of a story. As you were telling that, I will never forget one of my boys came home really sad one day because they had done homework. It had taken him quite some time and it, it, it was rare. So I was like, let's do it. And the next day, uh, the teacher collected the homework, put a paper clip around it, and he found the stack in a recycle bin. And it was a moment, and, and it had never been looked at because it was oh. immediately after. And it, it, oh. it, I had to have a conversation with him about how he had put forth the effort. He had, he had done a lot of thinking, um, and I didn't have an answer for him. But you didn't, you didn't have an answer about why that would happen. Why that would happen, right? Yeah. I mean, it probably just I needed to give practice and I wasn't going to take a grade on it, so I didn't. But we are about mentoring mathematicians. And if you're going to mentor a mathematician, then part of that mentorship is examining their thinking. And so when we do give homework, then we take the time to- Or assignments of any kind, right? Any when, kind, right? When students turn something in- yeah. It shouldn't just be about doing the thing and, and sticking in the recycle. Yeah. It was, and so, it was the moment. Yeah. so teachers, you might be like in that moment, be saying, oh, Pam, I don't have time to grade it all. Oh, okay. Then maybe consider, would you consider assigning less? Yeah. Assign enough. What you can look at. Yeah. What you can look at. Yeah. In some way that, so that the student is clear that you are putting their humanity ahead of drudgery, that it's not just about students being, what's the word I want? Compliant. I mean, that's just screams compliancy, right? That we just want kids to just do the thing. I don't care what, how you're doing the thing or what the result was of the thing. And it puts us in this, this, these crazy places where students are really clear. As long as I did it, you know, it looks like I did it and I turned it in, I'm going to get credit for it. Or could we use these opportunities to actually help mentor mathematicians. We would suggest that if we are about teaching real mathematics, that it will help you rethink all these other practices that inadvertently get us into these crazy places where math class becomes much more about compliance and much less about learning mathematics and becoming mathematicians. Well, that was fun. We just did our three-part series on homework. We hope some of it was helpful. I hope the upshot of just teaching real math is going to help you rethink whatever, however you want to do homework. If it's more about teaching real math, that should be helpful. Listeners, please remember to join us on Math Strat Chat on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram on Wednesday evenings where we solve and chat about problems with the world. If you find the podcast helpful in any way, would you please rate it and give us a review? We would so appreciate that. And if you're interested to learn more mathematics and you want to help yourself and your students develop as mathematicians, then the Math is Figureoutable podcast is for you because math is figureoutable.
Thank you for listening and making math more figureoutable. To learn even more, make sure you register for our free challenge at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. You are not going to want to miss the evenings of May 15th through 17th, starting at 7 p.m. Central. Math teaching, math teaching, go register now. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Join us to make math more and more figure outable. And if you can't join live, register and we'll send you access to the recordings. We'll see you there.